Welcome to the Guilty Pleasure Podcast, the podcast where we celebrate and elaborate on our odd interests. I'm Amanda Salvatore. And I am Jackie Ray Bell. And today's guest was Jordan Pridgen. We talked about RPG games, Dungeons and Dragons, and I am so psyched to one day play one of these games myself. Seriously, if you don't know anything about how D&D or this shit works, listen to this podcast. It's super interesting. It is so much fun. I think we are going to... Start a league, if there's a league to be started. <laughs> is that how it goes? Anyway, just listen to the podcast. And if you have a guilty pleasure, feel free to email us at guiltypleasurepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to read uh, your guilty pleasures on the air. Exactly. And please subscribe, rate, and leave a comment on iTunes. That will help uh, me and Amanda put food in our bellies and pay our rents, which are pretty high because we live in Los Angeles. So we would really like that. Uh, The episode will begin right after a short word from our sponsors. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com. Have you ever been listening to NPR and thought to yourself, gosh, I love the human interest aspect, the dulcet voices of the hosts, promise of totes but i just hate how true it all is that's where we come in it's this american lie an hour of improvised npr we're a lot like that other show but we make it all up in front of a live audience every second saturday at the nerdist school stage find show and ticket information at nerdistschool.com or catch the podcast on the nerdist school network search for us on itunes Welcome to the Guilty Pleasure Podcast, the show where we celebrate and elaborate on our odd interests. I am Amanda Salvatore. And I am Jackie Ray Bell. And today's guest is Jordan, Jordan Pridgen. Hi, that's me. Hooray! <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, happy to be here. Oh my goodness. And what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, I am here to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. That Dungeons that and Dragons. That game that both Amanda and I know a lot of things about. Oh, yeah. I'm, I know, I know there's dice i know there's dungeons i know there's dragons i I should probably make it clear that (laughs) for me it's like just saying dungeons and dragons that's that's like if uh that's that's like the brand name you know like the whole genre of games that are like it is rpgs and that's what i would say is like more role-playing games role-playing games yes yeah and and they all kind of spring from dungeons and dragons which is like the granddaddy of all of them i was the first yeah but I play a ton of them now. But Dungeons and Dragons is much easier to tell people because everyone's heard of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Whereas if you say RPG, most people are like, oh, like the Final Fantasy games or I just realized I've been using RPG the wrong way for about my whole life. RPG. I thought the Pokemon games were RPGs. They are RPGs. Oh, they are? The Game yeah. Boys? The Game yes. Boy games are fact, RPGs? That's that's the problem. Okay, is there's a confusion there because any video game where you have a particular character and you are playing that role and going you around are that. things character yeah. yes but all of that is sort of built from the traditions of dungeons and dragons yeah it comes from yeah so the idea so for a noob such as myself and jackie because uh we were joking before we know nothing i know nothing. um <laughs> i know nothing i know absolutely nothing i was trying to do some research earlier but for um anybody who's listening or just for my benefit please can you explain what 
it is in like a nice neat little package. The simplest way to describe it mm-hmm. is there's one person who runs the world and like decides what happens and everyone else has a character mm-hmm. and they decide what that character does. So it's kind of like a, a, a video game where you're all working together to do some goal, but there aren't the constraints of having to actually have it all programmed in. Oh, um, cool. It's honestly, at its core, Dungeons & Dragons can get very, very complicated, but at its core, it's extremely simple. Yeah. Like, it, it's really just as simple as, like, if if I was like, all right, you're a wizard, yes. you can do magic, and you're a warrior, you can hit things. And you guys know that. You could you could decide there's more about yourself. But then if I sat down and I was like, all right, you walk into a tavern, mm-hmm. there's one person sitting at a table. He's mysterious. He beckons you over to him. Okay. Okay. I'm like already Obviously in. He does. I want to do this. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I'm, I'm a wizard. Obviously, a he warrior. wants to talk to me. I'm a warrior princess. Okay. I'm a princess for right. sure. Okay. I'm Albus Dumbledore. Continue. Okay. You're Albus Dumbledore and you're a princess. Okay. Okay. What do you do? Ooh. Okay, uh, I guess I'm Albus Dumbledore. I would probably order some sort of a beverage, maybe some uh, giggle water, but that's Harry Potter world. Some sort of like nice drink, maybe like a vodka thing. And then I'm going to sit at the bar and then I'm going to make twinkly blue eyes over to the stranger in the tavern because he, I maybe I'm attracted to him. Oh, and do I get to go now? Uh, Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm a warrior princess and I'm going... To go and find a dark corner because I don't want anyone to know who I am because I'm incognito oh. because I'm a princess but no one knows it. And um, uh, I wait for the waitress to suggest something to drink because I've never been here before and sure. I don't know what to order. The bartender kind of gives you a, a dark look. There hasn't been anybody else in this tavern and you kind of get the impression this is kind of the seedy end of town oh, going no. on. That's why I'm he here. makes you your fancy vodka drink and slides it over to you. <laughs> I'm loving this so much. Okay, I, ca- I caught it. I caught the fancy vodka drink. I take a sip. Oh, no. It's poison. You poisoned bah, bah, bah. yourself? <laughs> Don't you get to chew? Don't poison yourself. So, well, I'm Albus Dumbledore. I have a slew <laughs> of antidotes in my cloak. Uh... So, I mean, what, what we just did there, that's, that's the core of all role-playing games. One person is the world. Yeah. Like like I there was playing as the game master or the dungeon yeah. master in Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh. Although that's like a copywritten term, so other games just call it the game master. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell you what happens. Like I tell you how everyone works. So the non-player characters or yeah. NPCs as we call them interact with the PCs or player characters. I am wow. PC. And then <laughs> everything else is is just built in to Make it more fun to figure out how you succeed or how you fail. So let's say, for instance, uh, the the bartender, after having poisoned you, pulls a crossbow out from behind the uh, bar and fires it at you. Oh, my gosh. So I just got shot with an arrow? Well, Well, hold on. Because you're a wizarding type in a a bad part of town. You're not really welcome around there, you know? So... What I would do then is I would roll a dice. I have a 20-sided die. We have so many dice. Jordan brought a lot of visual aids. I I want to, like, explain what's going on on the table right now, just for everyone who's listening. There are, uh, like, (laughs) a plastic uh, vial of blue dice, several blue dice, red dice, beautiful, like, multicolored... a side and multi-sided dice that are like triangles and octagons and like crazy stuff. And then there's like 
another one that Jordan's holding that he's about to roll, and there's a velvety bag. The main set of dice that you use in Dungeons and Dragons is mm-hmm. known as a polyhedral set of dice, and it's like all the the major uh, polyhedrons. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's four sided dice, six sided dice. Uh, eight-sided dice, 12-sided dice, 10-sided dice, and 20-sided dice. This is a lot of math for me to take in. It's It all comes very naturally. Oh. But let's say I was the bartender and I was firing at you. I would roll. In fact, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold the mic to it so you can yeah, hear that it, beautiful rolling sound. That's sexy. Ooh, that's hot. Mm. It's good. Sexy. Oh, yeah. And then, since I got a seven, okay, and I would have some value that would... Uh, that would determine Jackie Elba Stumbledore's Her ability name. to dodge or uh, ability to uh, um, have armor, whatever that you're was wearing. The next question. So was, that's seven. Is that what does That it, would be or? the attack of the bartender. And if the bartender is better at shooting people than most, he might get a bonus. Or if he uh, has never actually fired this crossbow in his life, it's just been sitting behind the bar, maybe he gets a negative. Either way, I would say on this one, maybe he missed. And then it would be you guys' turn to fight back. Okay, so seven's on the lower spectrum in this dice world. Sure, because this is a 20-sided dice. And usually usually the way it works, Dungeons & Dragons is, is known as a D20 system. And that means it's all mostly based around rolling 20-sided dice. That's how most things are determined. Okay, so that was my question because the example that we just did at the beginning, super fun, very improv I totally get down with it. But I was like, where like, what, where are my limitations? Like, what do I have to overcome? What is my goal within the game? Well, yeah. here's, here's the fun thing about Dungeons & Dragons. And this is how, so when it started for me, the first time I ever played, we read a book called Night of the Twisters in middle school. Okay. And at one point... Can you set the stage? Where were you? I was in my English class, actually. Yeah. And we were reading a chapter of Night of the Twisters. Um, and my uh, my teacher, Mrs. Beale, at the time, read through one of the chapters, like, out loud for us, which was a little... It was, she, it was just, like, a fun thing she was doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in one of the chapters, the kids in it, knowing that there's a storm coming, basically all gather in a basement. And one of the parents runs a game of Dungeons and Dragons for them. Oh, cool. And I was like, what, what is that? And we, the whole class, and Mrs. Beale was like, oh, well, Dungeons and Dragons, it's, it's this fun game where, and she kind of explained the basics. And my friend Nathan was like, well, my brother who's off in college, he has all the Dungeons and Dragons books. And you were like, Nathan, after school, we're going to your house. Oh, yeah. Were you in that basement <laughs> All summer long. Oh, well, here's the problem. <laughs> what people who haven't gotten into D&D until now don't realize is there was an enormous stigma against D&D. Oh, yes. yeah. Enormous. And I'm not oh, even just yeah. talking about you're a nerd. I'm talking about parents being like, that's the game where kids go into the sewers and kill each other. Shut up, really? really? Oh, yeah. Like, this was on level with, like, Marilyn Manson music. Oh, yes, and... it was. Really? Oh, really? I had it no took idea. Me years to convince my parents that it was okay for me to play D&D. Are you oh. kidding me? Not at all. Wow. What? Oh my gosh. Okay, so you were, where were you located? Geographically, where were you located? I, I'm from Richmond, Virginia, and okay. I lived in the suburbs outside of it at mm-hmm. the time. Okay. And uh, we were, uh, all my friends were like 10 to 20 minutes away from each other, mm-hmm. and none of their parents cared as much as my parents. Um, 
but we still all just kind of kept it secret, okay. you know? So it would be the sort of thing where we'd like go over to, I'd go over to Nathan's house mm-hmm. um, and he was our, our game master. And that was mostly was, just because he was Was Nathan confident. always, he just always was the game master? You know, that was sort of his like role in the social group. He was like the guy who would immediately jump in and be like, all right, I'll do it. And because it was his brother's books. Mm-hmm. He was it, able to do it. Yeah, exactly. It just gave it to him. Um, but we just kind of played in secret whenever we were hanging out with each other. But so cool. Here's the crazy thing. I eventually sat down and read all the rule books because I'm the sort of person who gets really into rules. And I realized we hadn't been playing by like any of the rules. Oh, wow. We had just been rolling dice. We had assigned some random things. We were like, well, you're an elf, so you're better at uh, resisting poison than other people. <laughs> and we'd just been like, yep, those are the rules. Nathan <laughs> said it was the rules, and that's great. And I was like outraged for a while. I was like, because dwarves been- don't do good with. With poison? All right. Dwarves are great with poison. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if, like, he had fucked it up. You no, know? he got it generally right. But the thing is, for a while, I was really upset because I was like, there are all these rules we've been ignoring. <laughs> but as I played more and I got more seriously into it and we started taking more of the rules, after a while, I started realizing we were doing it right the first time because the important part about Dungeons & Dragons is, like... The camaraderie. It's yeah. it's like getting together and telling a good story and doing cool things for your characters. And the rules are there to allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's not really fun if it's just like, okay, what do you do? I shoot them. You don't hit. Why? Yeah. You yeah. know? Like, it's nice to have some numbers. It's like improv. It's, yeah. It's like you need to know, like, yes and, and you need to, like, know a structure so then, like... You can follow that structure because it allows you to elaborate. And also, I, yeah. you need a narr- like the god character, the narrator has to have some sort of uh, storytelling ability, right? Mm-hmm. Totally, that, that adds to the fun of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then it's nice to have actual written numbers and rules on things because if you take a one in a million shot and you hit it, but the only thing that determined you hit it was that the dungeon master was like, eh, "I feel like you should hit that one." It doesn't feel satisfying. No, it doesn't. But if you're like, there's almost no chance this will hit, I'm going to roll this 20-sided die, and you get that 20 on that one critical thing mm-hmm. that's going to save your life and and take out the evil king or whatever, it's elating. It's, it's Has that amazing. ever happened? When, when, uh, do you have like Absolutely. an instance <laughs> that like you're just like, go, t- I want to know it because I'm with you. 100%. So this wasn't on a D20 system, but um, I, I play, I'll go into this later, but I play on a live stream of Dungeons and Dragons oh, um, fun. with a, a group that's actually situated right down the street somewhat regularly. And in one of our sessions, one of the characters got hit by a, a huge, I don't remember what hit them, but mm-hmm. they got the crap knocked out of them. And they were at zero hit points. And in this system, you basically get to roll one last save where on two six-sided dice, you have to roll 10 or better with mm-hmm. no modifications. And we can't, you can't re-roll it. There's nothing you can do to like change it. And if they don't get that, they die. And they're just dead. And we were just like, oh my God, this is it. Like this, this he's going to die. It's actually, it's, it was Scott Root who's on Money Pit with me. Oh, oh nice. Crazy. Yeah. And we rolled it and just got perfect two sixes. And everyone just freaked out. And it's like, the chances aren't that impossible for that to happen, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it just feels so important. Yeah. The stakes are so high. Yeah. Yeah, you're really wow. invested. I feel like, 
depending on how long you've been playing and like how long the game's been going on, I can't imagine the high that you get when you you can you really kick some get butt. into characters. Yeah. It's, oh, I believe it. Do you have like a favorite character? Like, yeah. do you pick a character? Or are you assigned a character? So generally, there's a there's a set of options you have, but you can make your character whatever you want. I've mm-hmm. played a ton of different ones. I love to play wizards because I think that magic rules and and having different spells is always cool. But mm-hmm. I've played. Um, well, let me let me open up the player's handbook real Ooh. quick, and I will, I will tell you guys what the the like major classes, which okay. are like the roles everyone has. So are. just so everyone knows, so again, Jordan brought a bunch of visual aids. On They're the day that this awesome. airs, you will see all of those on our Instagram at Guilty Pleasure Podcast. Uh, I don't yes. half-ass this shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's pretty, It's this is pretty so, gorgeous. In Dungeons and Dragons specifically, uh-huh. yes. you choose a race and a class. And a race is like being an elf or a human a or a dwarf. Gotcha. That sort of thing. Um, classes are what you do. So the classes available are barbarian, bard, cleric, druid, fighter, monk, paladin, ranger, rogue, sorcerer, warlock, and wizard. Oh, oh wow. And what exactly all those are, if we like really went into it, that would take the whole podcast. But. Fair. But even outside of that, like that's that's what it gives you as the core. Mm-hmm. But like, if you have this image of who you want your character to be, you can just find the one that gets the closest. And there's all sorts of rules for like sort of tweaking things. Mm-hmm. And the biggest important thing is that like everyone wants to play who they want to play and have fun. Yeah, that's what it seems like. It's like personalizing it and like mm-hmm. allowing it to be personalized. Well, a good game master like realizes that following the strict rules of the game is not as important as everyone having a good time. What makes a good what makes a good uh, master, head person, uh, world god guy? A lot of things. <laughs> world, world god, god guy. guy. That's actually world a god very, very apt description. Um, I want to start a religion where the head is a world god guy. The world god guy. <laughs> that's 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 uh, Catholicism, guys. That's, did, uh, just, that's just Jesus. Did uh, you guys give your, your <laughs> sacrifice to the world god guy? <laughs> What did the world god guy ask for this time around? No, he uh, just wants a bunch of DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, I don't know, what do you got? <laughs> and I was like, I got uh, some rubber bands, uh, some string, I got a USB <laughs> drive. Uh, I watched this copy of the Simpsons movie, you want it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. World God guy. Easy to please. <laughs> Easy to please. He's he's pretty relaxed. He lives in a one-bedroom apartment with slated windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he drives a Prius. He definitely eats Doritos. Absolutely. Like, he's like everybody. Who doesn't, though? Yeah. I don't really eat Doritos. Well, you should tr- you should start. You need to get with, with it and get on that. Obviously. That's delicious. like communion for World God guy. Yeah, exactly. that is. That is that, like, you know, surge. World but, God guy. So a good... GM or a good DM, depending on if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons proper mm-hmm. or something else. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. I mean, a huge part is just being creative. Mm-hmm. Like the whole role of the dungeon master is to set the tone of everything. So if a dungeon master is like, you walk into a tavern, there are six people in there. What do you do? It's less interesting than if you walk into a tavern with, uh, with, the skull of a boar out in front of the top of its uh, door. And inside, the music that's playing is is clearly 
coming out of uh, a, a churning box that a man with a monkey dancing next to it is playing. You know, like details. Yeah. Adding Specificity. Fun also my favorite kind of music. So. Well, obviously. Thank you. <laughs> Do you go to concerts for that? <laughs> yeah, totally. If there's no monkey, I say, fuck it, and I leave. I, I have US a Google food. alert for organ grinder concerts. <laughs> yeah. so. Me too. Me Do you too. get turned for the group. organ grinder concerts? For sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is there any other way of doing it? Uh, we, we call it grinding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you don't grind, don't go. Yeah, you know? for serious. But uh, so it's it's about like flushing out a world and like telling a really good story and, and really – because I think that provides like – it provides like the tone of what you're doing. Yeah. It, it seems very, are you also into or were you into um, choose your own adventure books? Oh, absolutely. Me, I would say I that's like those. the gateway drug that got me into Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Did you do like a bunch of Goosebumps? I love uh, the Goosebumps mm-hmm. ones. <laughs> the ones that are like really kind of core to the like a- adventuring world side of that is mm-hmm. there was a series called Lone Wolf. Ooh. And oh. it was very elaborate, and it also had a combat system, so you'd get on certain pages, and they'd give you stats, and there was like a random number table at the back you had to pick from. That's and that cool. was That was really fun. Um, but, you know, Dungeons & Dragons is just like that sort of thing, but taken to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Because even if the dungeon master is like, ooh, I've got this all planned out, they're gonna go kill this evil king. And if one of his minions shows up and is like, you're on the wrong side of this battle. King Maleficus keeps the people in check. They would kill each other if it wasn't for him. And you guys were like, you're right. You're Let's right. work for him. <laughs> you get to do that. That is pretty dope. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I, it's, it, seems, it seems like um, you can get like, do people, this is like, because I really don't know. Do people like get like dressed up? And like get like themed out for it. Well, or, not like, do all voices? people. Do like voices? Specifically, and... I I almost never do. <laughs> I However, know. I can't say that right now because I literally last night at eight o'clock started the first session of a a live stream of a western themed RPG, and I dressed up in a full western costume yeah, for you it. Did. Oh, because yeah, you because commit. Yeah. Also, well, we're also we're streaming those on like Twitch, and people pay donations to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't have to, but like you know, they they can affect the game, yeah. and so it's like this is a performance. Let's give give people what they want. Right, you we know? wanted to do it right. There are people that make their entire living off streaming their games on Twitch. Absolutely, I know because my uh, my fiance is a big League of Legends fan, mm-hmm. so he knows all about that shit. Yeah. I also work for a startup that is owned by a gaming company that makes a lot of their money. They're like a payment processing company for like WoW and all that stuff. Well, in live dungeons. And dragon streams have become a much more popular thing somewhat recently. Like, um, well, Harmon Quest isn't exactly the same thing, but uh, uh, Dan Harmon's D and D game he does is, is pretty popular. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole group called Geek and Sundry, which does mm-hmm. oh, a yep. whole lot of like live uh, RPG streams and stuff like that. The group I'm with is called Saving Throw. Saving Throw. Um, I just came Check back from working uh, from running a game as part of a 48 hour marathon charity called. Um, Hyper RPG. Wow. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. What did, uh, what was it benefiting? It was benefiting, uh, I think the foundation was called like Halo. It was uh, to help children. I didn't know the specifics. You know what? We should just help children in general. We should. So I would support that. They need it. 
Yeah, they do. All kids do. They, <laughs> they do. do. They don't know how to live their <laughs> lives. We they have to don't. help them. We yeah, have to teach they, them. Yeah, we have to like, you know, take care of them. Um, when someone is watching one of these live streams, are they and are they also playing along or are they just watching the story unfold? Generally, they're just watching. But I mean, that's, I would say the live stream thing is like sort of an exception for mm-hmm. like, it's it's just like watching people play a video game and that the primary use of video games is for you to be playing them. And there's nothing wrong with watching them because it can be very entertaining. And the idea is for these streams is that they find people who are who are entertainers, who are um, performers and comedians, mm-hmm. and they they get them together and just you know put on a show with the whole thing. But Dungeons and Dragons really can be played with people who are otherwise not hugely outgoing, love to act it up people, yeah. and you just do it by yourself and have fun. I mean, like the the stereotypical night is just you know everybody shows up and has a bunch of Pepsi and orders pizza, and then as you get older, it switches to beer, and yeah. it's awesome. Do you, um, what was the longest game that you've ever played? It's hard to say exactly what would be the longest game, probably because we sort of kept consistent <laughs> characters from early middle school into late high school, but it was, oh, wow. it was only sort of like whenever we could meet up. Yeah. It wasn't like we met every week and played strictly which has I've, I've done campaigns that are more like that mm-hmm. before and and a campaign is what you call like a whole string of games wow that are going that's on that's crazy yeah. what do you equate like playing a game of D to is it like in terms of brain stimulation is it like heroin <laughs> is it like do you feel the same because you're a performer do you feel the same way when you're doing like sketch or improv or is it like more like reading a book or like watching a really interesting TV show like what 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 kind of like synapses fire it's way way more like an improv show yeah because I mean you're all performing for each other and when you come out of it if something great happened you're like I was part of that I made yeah. that happen and, and it's so much more active because you can't just see what's happening and go, I wonder what will happen next. It's your job to decide what happens <laughs> next. Yeah. I, um, I want to kind of go back to, because it's, it's, it's kind of keeps like ringing in my ear. What, what was it that, like, what, what was the thing in society that made people think it was like so st- a dangerous oh. game? All right. Like that it was like you would be hurting somebody or it was like satanic in any way. Because so... It was kind of a, I mean, it was always kind of a nerd thing. Yeah. It, it was never, it got mainstream-ish when it first came out because it was like, oh, this is kind of a fun little thing to do. But it was always sort of a, the weirder, generally guys who weren't as, you know, sociable and, and uh, it was it was hardcore nerddom before fun nerd culture was the thing it is now. Yeah. You know? But also, um because there is like the arcane element to it, like there's wizards and things like that, some Christian groups uh, got behind it and started making like, um, if you guys have heard of Jack Chick, uh, I should have brought one of his comics. Um, He was a guy who made these crazy comics that would be like how Halloween is actually teaching your children to worship Satan. They they would be these little comics, but he did a few about uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Wait, was it serious or was it satire? Oh, it's serious. He's, yeah, he's not a satire guy. It's, it's, he's so like delusional that it's, it sometimes can be funny, but it's, he meant it. Um, Look up, well, you can look up his stuff, just, you know, I've told don't you click what on it any is. ads. I've yeah. told you what it is going <laughs> in. I, he, I think, don't click any ads. I think like he's like long dead or something at this point. I don't know. Uh, Jack Chick, he sucks. 
yeah, <laughs> screw that guy. But that's kind of that's that's that but, doesn't surprise me though. But that's that's not the biggest thing. Oh. Um. There were some. Uh. There was a movie, and I think it was based on like one real thing, where some kids hurt themselves when they like decided to like go into the sewers to like really have an adventure or something like that. Aww. But there was a movie called Monsters and mm, I don't remember what it was called. I want to say Monsters and Mazes, but I think that might actually just be another game. But there was a Tom Hanks movie um, where he gets deeper and deeper into a Dungeons and Dragons based delusion until he's like hurting people and hurting himself and loses his grip on reality. Tom that's Hanks. A, that's a that's a deep cut. I, I don't yeah. remember that movie at all. It was it was young Tom Hanks. Oh wow. Yeah. Relatively. So with that kind of like stigma from Jack Chick and some Christian groups and this movie, that's where we got the negative perception. Well and just the general like these are weirdos in basements. Yeah. Here here's a great like it's it's not it's not totally gone either at mm-hmm. all. Um I, I don't think. I would for say as, as much recently as college. I, I would say like even like I knew people who played in college, and I, not that I was like, oh, I was a I, I was studying theater, so I was just like, yeah, you do you. you yeah. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely like there was definitely like a stigma about it. And oh, it was, for sure. And it was a very like I I would never. Like I would never go and play a game like that. I wouldn't feel yeah. like that was like where where I would go to yeah, like, it's go like, hang out uh, with my friends. I, okay. I, it sounded I'm like a gonna, lot of rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was definitely me. a stigma where I'm yeah. from, but it was um it was more just like a nerdy stigma. Yeah, it wasn't that's what it I wasn't mean. like a satanic like this is evil yeah, stuff. But then never... again, I'm from New York City and I have to realize yep. that the rest of the country isn't like where I grew up. Yeah. Well you're you're an you're a coast elitist. I am a coast elitist. <laughs> so so uh, l- let me give you a, a recent story. Uh, and this this is pretty funny. This is in my sketch group, The Money Pit. Mm-hmm. Um, someone brought in a sketch that was about Dungeons and Dragons. And the whole idea of the sketch is that like one person was trying to play a serious game and everyone else was just trying to fuck everything. Like everyone was just like, I take off my armor and I have sex with that. <laughs> and the person's like, no, no, that's not what we're doing. And after we read the sketch, Jen, our coach. What kind of uh, genitalia does a druid have? <laughs> oh, any sort, you know? Because they can change into animals. So. Oh. Okay, sorry. Didn't to Duck penises, <laughs> But guys. after we read it, Jen, our coach, I'm calling you out, Jen. Yeah, um, Jen. Basically goes, I don't really understand what the joke of this is. And we were like, well, they're playing it as like a crazy sex game. And she's like, I thought that's what Dungeons and Dragons was. <gasps> wow. And we were like, Jen, we've told you we play this. Do you think we were admitting <laughs> to you that we like sit in a basement and sex role play with each other? Yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, I just <sighs> like to uh, do some sex role playing with my friends in basements. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a duck. You know what I mean? Like that. We have a little masturbation corner. Whenever someone gets a little too excited, they can just yeah. let it off right yeah. there. Well, you got to keep the game going. You know what I mean? Like, you can't stop it for yeah. just. Oh, I got yeah. a 20. I'm going to need some time alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's built into the game. Yeah, exactly. You roll the dice, you roll a 20, you get 20. That's insane. Yeah. I can't believe there's. That's crazy. I never yeah. thought it was a weird sex what, thing. What did well, your parents think it was? I mean, they, they're, they're completely fine with it now. And they're like, oh, that seems fun. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Well, you didn't. They, you didn't go into a, a sewer and kill somebody. So no, you and, turned and, out and great. That was exactly the thing. Great. I think at first they just thought that it was like um, something that led to like obsessive detachment from reality. I think that's what oh, they they okay. they took the like Christian babble that was heard about it, and they were like, "Well, that sounds crazy, but let's pull it down a bit and say that there's probably some truth to it." Um, which is like, which is absurd. They were like considering like it, it socially, like it like isolating. I don't isolating. even I don't even think it was that. I, I think because I don't think I mean you know it was me hanging out with a bunch of friends. Like yeah, how socially really? isolating <laughs> literally <could that> be <laughs> using your imagination, right? Like it's probably the most active mind activity that Absolutely. you can have. of your time Absolutely. as a child. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think about all the fucking hours I wasted at the television. Like I was I just gonna say, I just sure. sat in front of a TV, so. Yeah, and I mean, you come out of Dungeons and Dragons games, and you're like, "That was a neat thing. I could turn that plot into something yeah. from somewhere." Like as now, as a writer, like I definitely use role playing ideas to like to flesh out characters, to flesh out um, ideas and scripts yeah. and stuff well, like that. Well, pivoting from that, um, the only D and D that I'm really familiar with is uh, from Stranger Things. Mm. Now, yeah, um, and Stranger I like- Things nailed it. Did yeah. they like, really? I was hoping fact, so. I love that I was shit. hoping I so. Has I also loved it. like done a great service for people who play D and D because since Stranger Things came out, like the cachet, the social cachet of D and D has gone up dramatically. Oh, I believe it. Like That's everyone's great. like, "Ooh, that seemed fun. Look at those kids having a good time and being creative." <laughs> yeah, and it al- it's it's also like taking from it from what I understand, like they're playing this game and then it like becomes their reality. Right. Is the upside down a thing that's from D and D, or is that just something that was brought up I in think the show? That was their own thing, but the whole the whole fun of D and D is you can make your own entire world. They have mm-hmm. settings and stuff for you. Like you can uh they, they have one called like the Forgotten Realms, which has maps for you and characters and a history mm-hmm. but a good dm or even a bad dm can just be like all right my world is called tomidia and uh it has a mirror world that you can visit if you cast a certain spell on mirrors and like it's the exactly the same world Ex- yes, it, it, but exactly it's flip like right. like the upside down and you can decide that however you want you That's determine so cool. It's all just a, a creative endeavor. Mm-hmm. So them playing in the Upside Down and the Demogorgon, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing it, it is not like specific Dungeons and Dragons canon, but how they were playing it, how they were interacting with each other, the the dynamic amongst the group was just spot on. And also, yeah. uh, for people who really know it, I can't name a specific one right now, but like they got some mechanics down right when they were doing it, I was like, all right, good job. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Throw like, little bones for people yeah. who actually like, like when they weren't actually, like when they thought of these characters, they weren't like, oh, let's make them nerds. They played Dungeons and Dragons. Like yeah. the people who wrote this actually were familiar with the game and were able to do justice. And like justice. specific spells like they it. mentioned were oh, nice. like actual Dungeons and Dragons spells. That's so cool. I yeah. mean, it kind of like changed my idea of what Dungeons and Dragons was just re- like watching that. I was like, oh, is that what it was? Just a bunch of prepubescent boys just having a good time. That's, okay, and, and that's that's like exactly <laughs> that's my first experience with it. It was just me and some friends who like had these books and a bunch of dice. Smart, and, ba- smart yeah. kids, by the way. Oh, like, we were no, I'm just. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, just hanging out and having fun and just getting really excited when things went well. And that's so yeah. dope. I, um, I, my like nerdy kind of thing that I did that was like a creative outlet is I used to write a lot of fan fiction uh-huh. for stuff. You wrote fan mm-hmm. fiction? I did not. I, guys, <laughs> that made me so happy. Fan I fiction also like, would, would, it fits perfectly in this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many role-playing I, games. I have to be honest. Uh, as we're like, the more we're talking about this, I'm like, I need to fucking play a game of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I need well, to get my you love Lord of the Rings, too. I do. I love I Lord of the like Rings. That's... I love Harry Potter. Like, I love all that kind of stuff. I love uh, magic I stuff. I played on um, on Wednesday night. I subbed in because one of the regular players was, was uh, sick. And I played a Harry Potter universe set Oh, RPG. Shit. It's actually oh, normally oh, it's shit. all women playing. It's called Misadventures. Um, How do we get to? Go? Can we get in? Can we do like an <laughs> episode? Do you, do you, well, you you can you can do you watch have an in? Do you have an in for? No. An we have to have an episode. I know we that. can have one. We can have, do a live stream maybe. We'll pitch later. <sighs> okay. All right. We'll talk. Anyway, <laughs> but we were like solving a, a magical murder because like one of the the players wands had been found at the like broken at the site of this like murder of of an important or and i showed up as a as a reporter for the quibbler who's like a tabloid reporter you know and one of the characters was like dealing with like slowly turning into a werewolf and stuff and everyone had secrets and and it was so much fun and like you can there are role-playing games for like every setting and even if they don't exist. There are rules, systems that are loose and helpful enough that you could just do it. Oh my god! Okay, so the other game I played, I played Catan a lot. So I was is, just um, gonna say, is this fa- similar? No, it's not really that similar to that. I wouldn't say it's that similar, but there's a lot of the same kind of school of thought. Where instead mm-hmm. of it just being like Monopoly, where you're just kind of like going about a, a standard thing, mm-hmm. there is kind of a story to what you're doing. You know? Yeah. And I definitely have found that like. There's a huge overlap in the target audience because I'm a huge board gamer. Mm-hmm. Like I love those too, and, and spend way too much money on buying them. And, and do you have do you, do you really like Catan or I love Catan. Yeah, I played I, years. I played I played it um, a long time ago, and I found it incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. Just because um, rules, I find rules frustrating sometimes. Yeah, and especially I think it depends on who you play with. Yeah. Because if you're going to be playing it with somebody who's going to be like a dick about the rules and like be kind of like a not necessarily a stickler, but just kind of be like, well, buh, 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 like that kind of a mentality, mm-hmm. then it's just not fun for anybody. Well, and, and that's that's one of the things I think can turn people off to D and D if the beginning, if if people don't know how to play it right. I mean, mm-hmm. you you need as I've I said I, a bunch of times now, the core is letting people do something they think is cool. You know, yeah. and if you're like, oh, I want to be able to shoot three arrows at once, and it's like, uh, well, that's not in the rules, and it's like, well, that's what I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's a realistic. It's not like twenty; it's just three. Yeah, you know. And I mean, you Let gotta. Have it. <laughs> it's like it can be not fun for the other people playing if mm-hmm. you're like, my character can just say "boah" and everybody dies. <laughs> Um, yeah, but then the game's over, and that's not fun. Yeah, exactly. And that so the the DM's job is to. Uh, basically find the balance between giving each player what they want and yeah. creating an experience where all the players feel like they're part of it and they're mm-hmm. really enjoying it. Yeah, it sounds like if I were to really try this, I would have to dive into a game with 
people that have been playing it for a while and then just you know Ride come in along. as like I'm yeah. a noob I'm gonna try this really and more than people realize you really can just jump in and yeah. and a a good GM will basically just say okay tell me what you want to do and I will tell you how the mechanics of you doing that work yeah. They kind of like guide you. Well, that's like what they're supposed. That's what. Mm-hmm. Man, what was it? Man, God, dude, bro. Man, uh, <laughs> world guy. World guy. World God guy. World, world God guy. World God guy. <laughs> that's yeah. like how you got to do it. You world know? God guy. That's like <laughs> yeah. such an awkward name. I can't even like World God guy. <laughs> he 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 he, guy. he didn't plan it when it was like, what should we call? He's like, um, uh, World <laughs> God. Guy. You <laughs> want it to just be relatable, but also like our world god guy who yeah. <laughs> art in this dingbat apartment. Wherever. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever. Who is ever couch he's sleeping on? Yeah, he definitely doesn't have his own place. He's definitely like couch surfing. It's like I'm technically staying in a car right now, but I've got a lot of friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just gotta ask. But um, that's so that's so much fun. Are but, there other games? Oh, so I, I, go, think, go, go. I, I think I uh, think just to go into this, give a little like background and stuff. Yeah. When you bring up board games, I, I think it's important to say how they all kind of have the same um, the same lineage when you look at it because mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons evolved from board games. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the earliest or, or tabletop games, I think is is a better way to say it. Because the earliest like tabletop games would be ones where you have a lot of little miniatures on a board and they would represent, like, so you would have, there are games now called, like, Warhammer, um, where you'll have a whole regiment of elves or a whole regiment of knights, and you'll opposing teams will set up theirs and have them move towards each other with certain rules and things like that. And then, um, at one point, uh, Gary Gygax, who is the, the father of Dungeons & Dragons, the inventor mm-hmm. of the original game, Basically had the idea of like, from a game called Chainmail, uh, which was a little more like that, where instead of having whole regiments, they would just have one character. Mm-hmm. And it would just be like, just this one character. And for a long time, people like didn't really get it. And he was like, all right, so that character represents a regiment. It's like, no, that character's just himself. He's just him. Oh. And... Then it kind of moved to the point where the miniatures are still often a part of Dungeons and Dragons, but they became less important on the rules of how they move. And it just became more of, okay, what can these characters do? What can they be? And the original Dungeons and Dragons has a lot of stuff that's a little archaic now. Like elves can only be archers or wizards, and humans are the only ones that can do certain things. And it's just, it was much more restrictive, and it's 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 gotten better. Mm-hmm. But the core of one person is the dungeon master and everyone else is a thing, started with that and just evolved from there and has split off into a thousand other um, glorious forms. That's amazing. I'm so I'm Are you so like impressed. amped? I'm so impressed. I feel like this is, I, I like. I want to like do another role play. Like I want to like. I, not, I mean, I want to play this game. I want to just. Oh. There's so many. There, there are cool just so many amazing games. I want, I want to tell you guys about a game called Fiasco. Yes, please. A little bit too. And so, Fiasco, in my mind, is is my favorite RPG right now. I've brought the book here. Ooh. Oh my gosh! And it actually deviates from Dungeons and Dragons, but you can still see it, like how it all kind of grows from the same thing. And the idea behind Fiasco is that everybody works together to tell a story. There's not a game master. Ooh. So if we were playing right now, what we would do is we would pick a setting. Okay. In Fiasco. And we would have, uh, so the three of us are around this table right now. Okay. We would have note cards in between each of us. Okay. So 
on each of those note cards, there are charts in this, which have... We're flipping through a book we're going to find. Yes, there's a book. Here's the flipping noise. <laughs> oh, it's very nice. It's very, it's very satisfying. It Audio satisfying. mediums. I can almost yeah. smell the book when he does that. So on this page, there are relationships. Okay. Oh. And we would have a pile of dice that we could pick from. So there, we'd, we'd have some choice, but it'd be a little limited. Yeah, family And work, maybe I would friendship. say, okay, um, the two of you have a relationship based on crime. Ooh, and then, we do. So it's, you know, this is very natural and then, for us. Mm-hmm. Jackie, maybe someone. you would say that Amanda and I have a relationship that's based on friendship. Oh. And then we, uh, Jackie and I, would have one based on work. And so we would go through and we would just determine what our relationships are in this like little triangle. But so like you and I are coworkers, me and Amanda killed someone together and you guys grew, had the same, we're in the same kindergarten class right. or something. Because we're all part of the same we're little community and stuff. Gotcha. And then there are things like needs. Okay. So another thing, so everyone would have, each of these connections would have either a need, location, or object. Okay. So like needs are things like, uh, one of the needs categories is to get laid. Obviously. Uh, by that sweet thing you've been thinking on. Ooh. Um, and one can be What's to another get laid even. one? What's the no- oh, what's another, other laid one? The laid ones are to get it over with nice. by that oh. sweet thing you've been thinking on because you need to raise you, you need the raise that badly. Um, <laughs> by an old lover uh. to start over, by an old lover to further your scheme, by your sweetheart who is acting squirrely. You know your what? Your sweetheart who is acting Squirrely. Yeah. I'm gonna start ca- saying that when my when I'm fighting with my significant other. I'm gonna be like, "You're, you're acting, acting squirrely. <laughs> you're being squirrely right. You're now. being real squirrely right now." I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna sacrifice myself and um, do it to what is it to further my scheme? To, to I'm gonna I'm gonna take one for the team yeah. for me and Jackie's by an old lover crime. to further your scheme. Yeah, right. I'll do it. I'll yeah. I'll I'll do it Obviously. for us, Jackie. Aw, thanks. But then <laughs> there's you. there's you're locations welcome. that would be like uh, out and about on the ball field or uh, <laughs> Lyman C Mills Consolidated High School. Oh, and these would be things that are just important to the setting. Yeah. And then uh, objects, and that would be like valuables, like a vintage car. So. Maybe that's uh, where I'm having the sex to help our, our or, scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, or mm-hmm. it could be that we who that um that Jackie and I who were coworkers mm-hmm. uh, work at a car company, and you guys are trying to steal a, a s- extremely valuable car that we have on the lot for display. Gotcha. That's our crime. And the thing is, as you can see, as I've just set up this like fake little pretend setup. You already start seeing the story there. I think it's very funny I'm... that your kindergarten best friend and your coworker have all of a sudden gone to cahoots and we've left you out of it. Why? I yeah. know. It's a good thing. Well, maybe it's because I'm like the goody two-shoes who like- <laughs> so nice. Who, I don't who wanna... like kind of rose up the managerial ranks. Oh, and... you are right. You are up there for head of sales in this, uh, this branch. Down. And, and well, maybe I've, I've like nice. always had a thing for you and you're, you <gasps> kind of notice oh that you're like, I could catch him off guard. I can. Because this car was like driven by James. No, let's say it was like Kennedy's car or Ooh. something. Ooh. Like that, I know? was thinking we were working at a Ford piece. dealership in New Jersey, but it could you be have whatever. Us. Ooh. But the important part is that once we've determined all those relationships, there's this story that's just like dying to be told. That's such a great writing exercise, too. Just oh, for writers. It's amazing. That's... Shit. And then what happens is we just take turns going in a circle and doing scenes. So like I would set up the first scene and I'd be like, all right, it's 
I um, do this so bad. <laughs> it's Jackie and I at the car dealership. Uh, we have just closed down for the day, mm-hmm. and um, we are talking about the fact that it's the last week that this car is going to be on the lot. And we would have a discussion where you would maybe even like try and get me in on stealing it and find out that I wasn't in so that I would be a problem. And then it would move on and it would be Jackie's turn. And she could do a scene with you two where you're like, Jordan's what? not into this. He, oh, uh, he's not up to, to he, he, he values, he has to take care of his mom. Oh God, <laughs> who do I have to sleep with so we can get away with this? Yeah, and, and, then, <laughs> and then it could just move on to the scene where you're trying to seduce me. And I kind of oh. realize something is weird about it. You oh, know? should we do that scene? Wow. <laughs> we have about four minutes. Hey, so. oh. oh, well, it's, it takes me a lot longer to get that done. So it takes me a long time to seal the deal. So whatever, we won't do it. Fine. But you would go around and do a couple scenes, yeah. do like two scenes each. And then there's something that happens that's like the tilt. And something crazy happens. Like so one, some of them are like something important is on fire, Ooh. or death suddenly. The car. The car sure. dies. Sure. The car could blow up. <gasps> but oh then God. we do two more sets of scenes. Do a big resolution that's that's sort of determined by how our scenes have gone so yeah. far. And in the end, we just told a story. No one was the GM. No one ran the game. We all just collaborated and worked together and I, told a story. This, I want to do this so bad. <laughs> I would love to do this. Would you do this with us? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think we need to do this, and I think we could live stream it, or we could just fucking do it for ourselves. Yeah. Because I really want to do this. It sounds I super to fun. Do it so bad. It's really, really fun. Okay. I did it on a live stream uh, a couple weeks back for a chair another charity marathon. <laughs> I do a lot of those, I guess. Look at that. Um yeah, and you're it was, helping the community. It was a hit. That's but like awesome. the idea yeah. behind these is to basically make your own like Coen Brothers movie. They're inspired by those. And all of this comes from that like core that D and D created yeah. by like telling a story. That's so cool. I am like I am not only am I wanting to do all of these. I'm so glad that like you explained that it. You explained very it well. Beautifully. Thank you. You sold you, this. I know. I'm in. I'm in. I am so in, and I I'm so glad that like it's it's coming out because it's such a cool concept and it's such a cool idea. I'm so glad that people aren't looking at. I'm glad nerd culture is a. Is a right cool thing because this is dope, and there's so many people who like missed out on this Absolutely. because they thought it was lame. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's opened up so much more. I I see so many more women playing now, which is such a a big plus. It adds so <laughs> much more to a game. I bet. Well, well just in general, but yeah. also like awesome. Yeah, but like you know, you, you bring different perspectives yeah. into things, and, and there was nothing that could get more like tiring than the guy who would always play a girl and stuff and after a while and, she, like, and he would uh, be like I'm a girl I got big tits I seduce him <laughs> nice um, we have to wrap unfortunately that's fine I feel like we've been talking for about five minutes and I want to talk uh, about yeah. this so much more um, but I want to make sure that you plug what you want to plug for our listeners alright well um, if you want to watch me play actually it's not um, Dungeons and Dragons it's known as Savage Worlds but it's also an RPG game uh, and in a western setting called Dead War- uh, Deadlands uh, you can check me out on Friday nights at twitchtv.com slash saving throw show um, 
our game is called Wild Cards. I also perform with uh, the Nerdist School sketch team called The Money Pit. If you're in Los Angeles, we perform on the third Saturdays of the month. They're dope. Very good. They're Very so and good. if you're not in Los Angeles, you can check out our videos on YouTube, which I think is youtube.com slash Nerdist School, and check out The Money Pit and yeah. the rest of the videos. Thank, Thank you oh so gosh. much, Jordan. This Thank is you. awesome. This is really yeah. fun. Yeah. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank well, you. Hap- I'm, I'm happy to be here, and I'm glad you guys have enjoyed talking about it. Yeah, so much fun. so cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. That was so. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.